This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, when the gear fails to retract, a Grumman Goose pilot attempts an extraordinary repair with a most unusual tool. Find out what happens in Hatchet Job by Steve Hewitt. In Alaska in the late 1970s, I had an opportunity to use cockpit resource management skills before the FAA made a big thing about it. I had just taken off from the Skagway airport when I thought, darn it, something's not right, as I gave the last crank on the gear handle. I was flying November 327, a 1939 Grumman G21A Goose on one of our scheduled flights from Juneau, Alaska, to Skagway, and then to Haines, and then back to Juneau. I had been flying for the air taxi operator for about four years. The Goose is a twin-engine, 10-place, amphibious flying boat with a pair of Pratt & Whitney 985 radials putting out 450 horsepower each. Normal gross weight is 8,000 pounds, but in Alaska we could operate at 8,900 pounds gross weight. Raising the gear in a goose is a multi-step process. Upon reaching climb speed after takeoff, 110 miles per hour indicated, and reducing to climb power, you drop your right hand from the overhead throttles and reach behind your right hip to move the small gear selector lever up. Drop your hand further down to the gear manual crank handle located below the hatchway between the cabin and the cockpit and select up on the handle ratchet pin. Crank about three or four turns to get the gear headed in the right direction and then put the handle in the down six o'clock position and select neutral or freewheeling on the ratchet pin. Reach forward to the bottom center of the instrument panel Raise the guard on the gear motor switch, flip the switch up, and wait there as the gear comes up, about five seconds, then release the guard, returning the switch to off. Be careful during this part, because sometimes friction in the system can overcome gravity and spin the gear handle around 10 or 20 times in these few seconds. 
The gear is now up, but not quite tucked all the way into the wheel wells on the sides of the fuselage. So, again, select up on the ratchet pin and crank the handle about three revolutions until it comes to the stop. Verify the gear is up by seeing the gear knuckles through the sight glass on either side of the hatchway. Or, check for the right gear knuckle through the glass and look down through the cockpit bubble side window to see about four inches of the left tire protruding from the wheel well, which is normal. The problem was that the gear handle didn't come up nicely to the stop, but sort of eased into it, and you weren't exactly sure when to stop cranking. This had been going on for a few flights. I had told our mechanics, but nothing had been done. You've heard the maxim, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The Alaska corollary is, if it ain't broke down completely, don't fix it. But in fairness to the mechanics, they had plenty to do, and a comment about the gear crank not feeling right wasn't much to go on. The gear was up, and we made the short flight to Haynes, lowering the gear manually with 40 turns on the handle as usual, and landed uneventfully. With mail and freight exchanged and six passengers aboard, I set 36.5 inches of manifold on the 985s, and we took off for Juneau. During the gear motor step of retraction, I noticed something different. About halfway through, the motor seemed to speed up more than normal and not take quite as long. The right gear knuckle was in view through the glass, fine. Looking out my side window, I saw the problem. The left gear was stuck about halfway up. Without much hope, I lowered and raised the gear again. No change. Juneau was about a half hour away, so I had about 25 minutes to figure out what to do. One option was to leave the right gear up and land on the runway on the keel of the flying boat. The left gear was high enough that it wouldn't be a factor. The only damage would be the grinding down of the aluminum keel on the asphalt runway and maybe some of the tip float. Of course, the runway would be blocked until the airplane could be moved. Maybe I could land on the tide flats that the runway was built on. The sand would be easier on the hull, but I wasn't sure there was a long enough smooth stretch. Unloading could be difficult. A water landing was out of the question. Perhaps I could free the stuck gear and make a normal landing on the runway. I twisted around to look at the gear through the left sight glass. Without the gear in the way, there was plenty of light, and I could see the gear shaft. It was in two pieces instead of one. A few inches from a round coupling flange was the brake. It must have started as a crack and kind of spiraled around until it failed. It was probably the crack opening up while coming up on the crank that gave the soft feel. One piece of the shaft was jammed up against the side of the shaftway. Maybe I could get it loose. I looked around the cockpit and found about a three-foot piece of broomstick. Why it was there, I don't know. I took out my buck knife and thought I could unscrew the 12 screws that held the sight glass in place. My knife wasn't working too well and it would take too long. I found a fire hatchet. It had a normal hatchet blade on one side and came to a spike on the other. Since it wasn't the tourist season, most of the passengers were probably local. I looked at the guy in the co-pilot seat. Yeah, he looked local and about my age, about 30, give or take a few years. 
I gave him a 10-second flight lesson. Keep the wings level and take us to Point Sherman, a bump on the coast of the Lynn Canal that I pointed to. Then I attacked the glass with the hatchet. It broke out easily enough, and I used the broomstick against the shaft. Nothing happened. I tried some more. Still nothing. The co-pilot said, let me try, and you fly the airplane. He didn't have any better luck. Now what? I was pretty sure that if we got the shaft free, the gear would fall down, and if it was down, the geometry of the gear would lock it down. Maybe I could reach in there. I put the co-pilot back on the control wheel and got up to try. The hole was too small for my hand. I looked around some more, but didn't find anything useful. I had the hatchet, and it was just sheet aluminum, so I started hacking away with the hatchet blade to cut a hole. I ignored the other passengers, and they didn't interrupt or ask questions. It was just the pilot hacking away on the airplane with a hatchet. About the time I finished, the co-pilot suggested we trade places. He tried some more with the stick, but no success. I told him that I thought that if he could grab the shaft with his hand and dislodge it, the gear would probably go down. However, once loosened, that shaft might spin around and beat up his hand in the shaft way. We were about ten minutes out from Juno. He tried again with the stick, still nothing. I could see him thinking about it. He reached in and jerked his hand back quickly. Bang! The left gear was down. No blood on his hand. A few minutes later, I called the tower, lowered the right gear, and made a normal landing. With a replacement shaft and some sheet metal work, 327 was ready for its close-up on that short-lived TV series, Tales of the Gold Monkey, a few years later. There are a few lessons one could take away from this. Since it wasn't a dire emergency, there was time to just sit and think. Sometimes a little clutter in the cockpit is not a bad thing. Utilize available resources and don't worry about the legality of it. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.